This is Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien and Chris Sullivan. I think it's fair to say that no business has been hurt more by the recession and the virus than the restaurant business. And so we're going to take you into that world and, uh, in particular, meet the owners of Spicewala, an Indian street food restaurant on Capitol Hill. Uttam Mukherjee and his wife, Askanksha Sinha, run the restaurant. And and before um, we, we talk about your situation, tell us your story. Tell us uh, uh, how you started the restaurant and why. Hi, we're really happy to be here. I think... We started with, um, we started this small pop-up in Cincinnati. Uttam was working for Procter & Gamble at that point of time. So we just randomly started a pop-up in Cincinnati in the farmer's market and then moved to Seattle three years ago. And we started our journey with uh, the South Lake Union market. Uh, There in the farmer's market, we started serving our kati rolls for the Indian community mostly because we found that there wasn't any authentic Indian food within the U.S. Just traveling around, we only were limited to chicken tikka masala or (laughs) the curry, but not really authentic Indian food that we grew up with. So we took it in our stride to really um, push forward and make people aware about the diversity and the flavors of Indian cuisine. And with all the support that we got, we ended up opening our brick and mortar in 2018, um, and that's in Capitol Hill. So that's a really short story. Yeah. In 2019. 2019. Sorry, 2019. 2019. So, yeah, so you opened just last year and then, uh, bam, you're hit by this whole coronavirus thing and you have to shut down. You'd, you'd gotten investment from, from friends and family, but I read in the article on Seattle Eater that you found you vastly underestimated what the expenses were going to be. Yeah. I mean, not, neither my wife nor I had any restaurant industry experience before. We didn't have any experience opening physical um, spaces or any of the sort. So when we entered the restaurant industry um, and we tried to open the restaurant a year ago, you know, there was a, a purchase price for the physical location and the assets that were in the location just to take over the lease from the previous owners. But we had no idea how much work would actually go into the space to get it up to spec of what we needed and what we thought uh, was, you know, good hygiene and good um, decorations and all those kind of things. So we had what we had raised money from our friends and family was enough to buy the location, but mm-hmm. it was not enough to to actually get it up and running. So that's why, you know, we took essentially our entire um, life savings and, and put it in towards that. Wow. And then this hits. So you're you're having trouble balancing the books as it was, and then to have uh, business disappear like this is tough. So you you could not afford to fail. This is this is your livelihood here. So you've been trying to to remain operating. And and, and actually the, the the first discuss the first reason we, we called you was because we we're doing a we we're doing an interview about uh, whether small businesses can make any money with the huge delivery fees that some of these services yeah. like DoorDash charge. So let's talk about that. I mean, even before the um, before this hit, were you were you making money on the delivery business, or was most of that money going to the the delivery service? So, so the way that we think about it, Dave, is that we have pe- customers that come in through our door, and then. We have cut, and then we have customers who are sitting at home ordering online. But at the end of the day, we have our employees in our restaurant for a certain number of hours 
um, that if we didn't get a delivery order, we'd just be sitting idle, doing nothing, and waiting for the next customer to come in through the door. Mm-hmm. So, so we we that's the way that we approached it in our business, and we had signed up for Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Postmates really early on um, after opening our restaurant. So while Uber Eats, for example, takes 33% of your revenue, DoorDash is 26 to 23, I think, and Postmates is around the same. Um, this is all pre-COVID because post-COVID, um, the Seattle city put the 15% cap on them. So even though you have to give that much uh, money away to the delivery apps, you still can make a little bit of money on those orders because of the fact that your your employees are just going to be wasted payroll during those hours. And the, the thing that we've done, I think a lot of other businesses do this also, is we have upcharged our prices online um, for delivery. So everything online is about 10% more expensive than coming into the restaurant. Hopefully that incentivizes customers to come in through the doors versus ordering online. Uh, but if they can't, then that's, you know, it's essentially a convenience fee uh, for them to to help us balance the books. Sure. And you're comfortable with that. Then. It doesn't sound like you're you're angry at the delivery services. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Because we're I'm angry at them for the fact that I can't control a lot. Right. It's a monopoly in terms of they own um, the relationship with the customer for anyone that's ordering and they use that to their advantage, right? So if they came to me and said, hey, tomorrow your fee is going to be 40%, there's literally nothing I could do. So from that standpoint, I'm angry at them. And the other thing is, if you look at the the platforms of Uber, DoorDash, and Postmates, there's no way that we can control when our listings show up and whether they favor national brands like McDonald's um, and, and advertise them more heavily on the front page of their platform. So it, it they can manipulate a lot without us being able to do anything. So that angers me, but it is a, a, a two-way relationship where if I didn't have them and if I didn't have the money coming in from them and if the people who were ordering online decided to just not order at all, I would not be making that much more revenue, right? And, and therefore, the books would be even harder to balance. And that was one of my big concerns when the cap was put in place of whether... Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Postmates would just, or other delivery companies would just decide to pull out of the Seattle market, and that would be even more harmful than having them at 30%. Okay, so now the cap is 15%, and it sounds like they're still operating. So I know business is down, but are you at least making a little more money on the delivery business? 100%, right? Like that, your profit margins have just doubled yeah. um, Good. on the delivery business. For so So yes, definitely. But the business on delivery has fluctuated a lot the last couple of weeks and months, three months really since March. Um, so it's up and down. It's not very predictable, but yes, we're making more money on each order. All right. So at this point, we don't know whether this virus is is going to go away, even when the <laughs> vaccine comes, right? It is everything. Everything is up in the air. We can't even figure out how to reopen the schools for crying out loud. Exactly. So are you going to are you going to hang in there? I think we don't have any option but to hang in there. I think what it's similar to the article that we wrote. I think what we have really tried to do is try to find innovative ways to keep afloat and really think through like delivery, something that we have to do because people want to stay at home and then order. So it's a changing nature of the dynamics of the restaurant industry. Plus, there are people relying on us for paychecks. So we have to make sure that we're creating revenue and we're creating a space where 
um, the people that are relying on us can get an income and our income is dependent on it as well. So I think there's no other option but to keep going. And I think by creating ways like we're doing specials, we're doing, uh, we're making people understand the cultural diversity of the food. All of those things are helping us really push forward um, the values of the restaurant. And we've seen a lot of support come through the Seattle community. They've come out and supported us a lot. So that's helped. I think the key during this time is innovation. If, if you're trying to operate a restaurant like it was before COVID struck, I think that's the kind of restaurants that will most likely fail. But if you're able to pivot and innovate just a little bit and drive a little bit more relationship with your customers to keep them coming in through the door, I think that's what we've tried to focus on and that's how we're trying to stay afloat. So that's what you're trying to do. You're offering a different kind of Indian food experience than people in Seattle are used to. 100%, right? So we focus on Indian street food specifically, but the last three months, we've taken um, our customers on a journey around the whole continent and kind of introduced them, the subcontinent, and trying to introduce them to a variety of dishes that they wouldn't have tried on a normal basis that you can't even get in some Indian restaurants in the U.S. Um, and, and it just shows the diversity of flavors from the north to the south to the east to the west of, of, the, of, of India. It's just such a unique culinary uh, adventure that we're taking them on. I've got to ask you an Indian food question. Those little donut holes that are soaked in the in the sweet syrup, is that oh, good is that yes, is that <laughs> is that authentic Indian food or is that just it something is. they put in there for Americans? No, it is. It is. It's we were actually authentic. testing it out the other day. Cuz I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you think now that it was a wise idea to jump into the restaurant business, knowing what you know now? Would you do it again? I don't know if it was wise or not, but I think we wouldn't have done it any other way. Because I think we went in very blind because, again, like Uttam mentioned, neither of us have any experience in the restaurant industry. We have a lot of love for food. um, And that's what we wanted to put forward. But I think just knowing how we're approaching the restaurant, we approach it um, from a business point of view. So Uttam has a business background and I'm a social worker by profession. So we really bring in our values. And I think that's really helped us look at the restaurant industry slightly differently than I think very typical businesses. I think there's three things that really stand out to me that would not have changed our decision. I think the the first one is like, a, like Akansha was mentioning, you know, I used to have a very cushiony corporate job before this, but in the restaurant industry, the second someone puts something that you've made into their mouth and tastes the flavors and it changes their day, there's so much satisfaction from that. And it's a privilege for us to be able to feed customers. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is when we write paychecks every two weeks, the impact that we can have on people's lives directly by paying them a living wage, by paying them quarterly bonuses by paying their healthcare, like that feels really good. And I think the third thing is uh, we're introducing Seattle to what Indian food can truly be and trying to elevate it to the level of where people think of French food or fine dining and those things, but we're doing it at such an affordable price. Um, So I think those three things, just the impact that we can have. And besides that also, you know, the uh, free meals that we're giving to the community, that impact of all of these things combined, I don't think we would have changed it for anything. Yes. I've even mentioned the, the meal, your, your program to give uh, meals to people who have uh, have trouble affording food. So it sounds to me like this is, 
it's it's a business, but it's also what a cause for you. You're trying to demonstrate that there is a a more what shall I say enlightened way to run a business. Yeah. So just to give you a little background, so my area of research and area of work is food justice. So I'm a professor at Seattle University in addition to working at Spicewala. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why we're using Spicewala as a medium to really think about how we can change our community for the better. And food issues has been a problem, not right now during COVID, but it's been happening for a really long time. You have around 40 million people in the US right now that are going hungry. And because of COVID, you have many more people that have been impacted by hunger. So we've been partnering with nonprofits since the day we started at the South Lake Union Market um, to make sure that uh, we can donate towards uh, tangible items related to food or tangible money related to operations or something related to food justice. When COVID started, we thought of a couple of ways to reach out to the community and really see where we can make an impact. And just by having conversations with food banks and other food organizations, we found that they were heavily um, burdened with providing food and they didn't have enough supplies. So one of the ways that we started our program was that we can provide the hot meal so that the we can kind of support the food banks instead of just putting money into something that might not be really helpful. So What we did was we rallied our community, so our customers and everybody to come out and donate, and we kept it very, very open, where all the money goes directly towards development of the meals. And how we do it is we look at the nutrition aspect of the meals, so we use the USDA standards of the nutrition, and we see that everybody who's picking a meal, we actually make sure that you're getting all the essential um, nutrients. We also add in a chocolate because we feel like during these times, you actually need something sweet to cheer up your day. Exactly. (laughs) So we add that in. And what's been really great is we've been able to build a relationship with community partners. So we have community lunch program, which is down in Capitol Hill as well. Uh, We provide 50 meals to them every week. And then within our restaurant, we're able to provide 50 meals. So every week we are giving out 100 meals. Um, no questions no asked. questions we don't ask them for ids we don't ask them do you need it why do you need it nothing as long as they come to us and say hey can i get a meal we just give them a packaged hot meal wow so this is a restaurant a social justice project a and a research project i assume you'll write about this in your capacity as a professor i hope so <laughs> <laughs> in my spare time right <laughs> so are you now so are you then supporting this with your with your outside jobs so I quit my outside job in October of last year to do this full time. Uh-huh. And then Akanksha is still a professor at Seattle University. And we hope that we can keep that stable income coming in for the foreseeable future. Uh, I see. Yeah. Um, so it kind of balances the, the, the books for us personally, where we have a stable income and a not stable income. Well, you've bit off quite a challenge here. Uh, that's... <laughs> you should have uh, seen us a couple of months ago when we had two full-time jobs and a full-time restaurant. Yeah, uh, I can just imagine. But it sounds like you, you have a wonderful attitude about this. I, I think some people, and I wouldn't blame them, would just uh, collapse under the pressure of trying to do all this at once. Yeah, I mean, there's no other option, though, right, Dave? Yeah. I mean, we, it's not like anyone could have predicted the pandemic. It's not like anyone could have predicted what um, the business would have looked like three months ago, six months from now, no one can predict anything, right? So the the attitude that we've just taken is let's just do our best every single day, every single week to make sure 
that the business stays afloat, that we can have the impact that we, we can. And the rest that's not in our control, there's just nothing we can do about it. We'll just take it in our stride and keep going. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. Uta Mukherjee and his wife, Askansha Sinha, run Spice Walla, soon to be serving those sweet little donut holes, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very thank much. You so much. Thank awesome. you so much. Awesome. Well, have a great day, Dave.